Welcome to Ira's Everything Bagel, where I talk with intriguing people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. There is history, and some would say herstory, but there is only one hostory. My guest today is comedian Mike Morris, co-writer and co-illustrator of Ha Ha History, the first history book you'll want to read. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. For everything about Mike Morris, you can go to writefunny.net. You could follow Mike on Instagram at InstaMikeMorse, on Twitter at MikeMorseSays, and his podcast on Patreon.com slash The Shuley Network. And Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ira. I was intrigued by your history book. You have a, a multitude of careers and talents, but I thought we would talk about the book. But you know what? Now that I think about it, before we even get into the book, tell us a little bit, for those who may not know, a little bit about your background as a comedian and a comedy writer. And possibly yeah, well, a criminal. I don't know. There may be that in there, too. <laughs> well, if you make a living doing comedy, it's kind of like <laughs> being a criminal. Uh, yeah, I've been doing stand-up uh, since I never had a real job. I got out of college and I started doing stand-up. I was very fortunate uh, that uh, I started making a living. And, uh, you know, I'd always written, so uh, I would supplement the comedy stand-up with writing for other people. And it, then it kind of flipped. Now I do a lot more writing for comedians than I do stand-up. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love both. And uh, you know, for, for quite a few, eight, eight years, I, was, uh, I wrote for Lisa Lampanelli and was her opening act. So uh, that was a great, great gig because it kind of combined both. And also you, you consult and teach too because you have writefunny.net. So there are people that can check in with you and learn how to write comedy. Yeah, if they a lot of comedians, they'll have an idea and they don't know how to uh, put it into a bit. You know, I'll help them with that, uh, whatever they need. I, I I just got a client today that uh, well, too. I'm doing a uh, writing a roast for uh, for a, uh, a politician uh, that's going to be doing some political roast, and I just uh, am writing just started writing for a uh, ventriloquist, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she uh, she needs material for her and her puppets. So so you're writing for both of them. Yeah, that's it's it's just it's kind of like writing a sitcom. Yeah, you know, you have two people talking, so you just you just let it go. Uh, yeah. We should also point out that, or I should also point out, I hate it when we do the royal we, but we can both do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll both point it out. <laughs> Mike Morris is the one who populated the theory that funny is usually in threes, and because of his name, it's usually dots or dashes. So that's <laughs> yeah. important to point out as well. And this book that you have written, uh, co-written with Neil mm -hmm. Berliner. Is he the brother of Ich bin ein Berliner, or is that somebody else? <laughs> he is. Good friends with the Kennedys. Yeah, there you go. There's a book. Yeah, there's actually, folks? Yes, four, four of us wrote it. Joey Novick, Neil Berliner, myself, and Ron Bo Phillips. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's called Ha Ha History. And it's jokes about history. And there's one for each day of the year. I think so you didn't mention Mike Crumbs. 364. I think you didn't mention Mike Crumbs, but I'll mention Mike Crumbs. Oh, also. well, yes. He also, I illustrated uh, part of it and right. he illustrated uh, um, um, other parts of it. How did this book come together? Because it's always tricky when you're a solo author or illustrator and you're putting together mm -hmm. a book. That's a major event, which is probably why I've never, I've never done it because I'm inherently mm -hmm. lazy and I'm registered <laughs> that way as well. I, I like short stuff, but I, a book is a, it's a bit much. But now you've got not just you, but you have a co-illustrator and you have co-writers. So mm -hmm. how does that idea germinate and then how do you assign the division of labor well it was it was all joey and neil it was their their baby they came up with this i think i forget which had the original idea but they came to me and said we want to start doing this 
And so we just kind of matched wits or half wits and, uh, <laughs> and started, uh, and we would just, you know, <laughs> the, what I did is every day I would get up and, and just go through the calendar, like whatever day I was at, if I was started at March 3rd, I would write a, a couple jokes from about history, uh, events of that day and just write as many as I could, you know, write a couple and then March 4th, March. Uh, so I tried to get 365 days of, of jokes in as small of a time as we could. Who had final veto power? So you write these jokes, but did the group as a whole get to say, you know what, we like A but not B. C's okay, uh, but D is not. Yeah, as Neil good. was Neil was the editor. He's okay. the one who uh, we amassed them all and decided which ones it would go. And uh, yeah, and we haven't thrown the other ones away. We can probably use them at a later date. And are you all still talking to each other after? No. Yes, I've known Neil. I've known actually I've known Joey longer. I knew Joey when I first started comedy. He booked me in a couple of my first stand-up jobs in the uh or probably early uh, yeah, early late 80s early 90s, yeah. And you're an East Coast guy, so most of these guys I assume also are from the East Coast. Yes, Neil is originally from Brooklyn, Joey's from New York, and uh, Ron, I'm not sure where Ron is from originally. I know he's moved around a lot. He was in San Francisco, and I I don't know if he's still there. I, I, I've never physically met him. Oh, that's interesting. I, I assume he exists. Yeah, he may or may not. It may be a phony yeah. email by Neil. Who yeah. knows? Just an he extra person. He may be IE, or AI. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Which, yeah, which would be frightening <laughs> if it works that way. But uh. <laughs> So... Do you find the process easy because you've been doing this so long? In other words, you mentioned about going to the calendar and looking up and seeing what was happening in this day in history, or two or three things happening in this day in history, mm -hmm. and then crafting jokes for it. Is it, um, is it second nature? I was going to say almost second nature. Is it second nature? Well, you learn how to do it. It's never easy. Uh, it's always a challenge to try to craft, as they say, something funny out of, out of whatever you need to craft it from. But, you know, I've written jokes for, you know, uh, so a million years, and I used to write uh, monologue jokes for The Tonight Show, and it's very much in that kind of structure. It's a, it's a topic, and you have to find the funny in it and keep it as short and concise as possible. Now, you have the advantage that the people and events that you write about are generally dead, so they, they, you're not going to get yeah. feedback from them. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few. I think we have a couple of Bill Gates and uh, oh, okay. Bezos. But and, like uh, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, they're, they're not going to complain. If I you... have been haunted. I've been haunted oh, a few no. times. Oh, no. Okay. I, can, I understand. <laughs> What's been the reaction to the book so far? Uh, apparently, it was, uh, it's been a number – it came in at number one uh, for the new joke, joke book uh, Amazon. I don't, I don't know numbers. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the comedy guy. I'm like, just tell me what to write. I'll write it. You guys worry about the numbers. Apparently, it was doing very well on Amazon. Thank you, everybody out there who bought it or pre-ordered. Uh, you can get it on Kindle as well as a physical copy. Kindle's good. That way, you can take it with you on the airplane and right. along with 9 million other books, and it doesn't weigh that much. Right. Yeah. No, that makes and, sense. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I let those guys know at the outset that I'm so bad with numbers and business. <laughs> I was like, I just tell me what I have to write. I will sit here on my butt and write it and, uh, and send it. And then you let me know. And then, you know, a couple of months later, this comes. So all right, hold it, hold it up again. And this time, don't let the light reflect. You got to practice that when you make a TV appearances. No, right now the yeah. light's hitting you. That's a oh, little bit better. Yeah. 
You want to get at a certain angle. That's it. That's the angle. There you go. Ha ha 3D. history. There you 3D. go. Wow. I'm getting I'm getting seasick looking at that. For those who aren't <laughs> listeners wondering what I'm getting seasick at. Yes. And I I, I drew a little cover there. That's nice. My, uh, yeah. So. How does it? This is it's a cliche question, but it has to be asked. When the book comes out and you hold it in your hands, not the virtual copy as you would get mm. in Kindle, but an actual physical copy. Do you get a sense of immortality? In other words, this thing is going to be around long after I'm gone? I doubt it'll be around after I'm gone. I think, <laughs> <laughs> so I, much I, I, think I, will, yeah, I will outlive this. But <laughs> well, no, it is nice. It's nice to see, you know, stand-up comedy is so uh, ethereal, where it's you do your joke, and then it's gone. 99% it's unless you're, yeah. Yeah, unless you're, unless you're f- filming. Right. Uh, then it's just you're a live crowd. You have a great time, and then it's over. And uh, even you know the podcasts I do, I, we do record them, but it, you know it, you're there in the moment. I never go back and look at them, so it's it is what it is. This you know it's nice where it's like, oh, I took all that time to write this stuff, and it's here. Okay. And now you have something to give away for the holidays. Right. Uh, I'm sure they're going to give you yeah, a discount. Neil, Neil's going to make me buy them, though. So, so instead, <laughs> <laughs> when I didn't even realize he sent me this, he he autographed it. So so now it's not worth oh, as there much. You, but, oh, I'm yeah. not telling him you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you could give it as a gift to someone and say, this was from Neil. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I want my friends to stay my friends. Okay? Yes, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> could I impose on you to just uh, give us one or two samples from the book? To give the sure. flavor of it. It's more than, more than that. <laughs> and then I want to talk oh, a little bit one. about your various, I think you're up to 2,000 podcasts a week that you're on, but we'll, oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm, I want to stay with the book yeah, for now. It, it's killing me. You know, I'm 23 years old. Look at what's doing to me. <laughs> I know a lot right. of 23-year-olds with gray hair. <laughs> it's not with saggy right. March skin. March 4th. March 4th, 1793. George Washington gives the shortest presidential inaugural speech. At 133 words. Some say this is because Washington was a man of action, not words. Others say it's because he forgot to sand down his wooden teeth and has a mouthful of splinters. (laughs) He has a little illustration. Oh, yes. There's the illustration of the mouthful of splinters. Yeah. Yeah, Let's pick one more. I I think that I like the presentation. Your delivery is wanting, but your your presentation is good. (laughs) The presentation is fine. How would you like me to? I I can do it as any. Who do you want me to do it as? uh, Tony Soprano? Sure, if you want to do that. 1867. (laughs) Swedish chemist Alfred Nobel patents dynamite. uh, 1867. Swedish chemist Alfred Nobel patents dynamite, the first of three patents he would receive for the explosive material. To boost sales, he immediately gets on the horn to hire celebrity spokesman Jimmy J.J. Walker. (laughs) That's a great cultural reference, a pop cultural reference that many people will get and others will go, I didn't get that. But if you are in <laughs> that right. gestalt, you'll not get it. Not every joke is it. for everybody. That's exactly right. And I like that fact that not every joke is for everybody. Wow. Was there now, one? Ira, do you do yeah. stand-up? I have in the past. It's funny you should ask that. I don't normally reveal that to my audience, but I have done it in the past. Not at the level of most of you guys, but uh, once mm. or, I've dabbled in it, Mike. <laughs> You're the, a dabbler. Yes, in my early years. And then I got sidetracked to broadcasting, writing, uh, mm. public relations, hotel industry, and so... Uh, I have been away from it, but I do do speeches, so that I guess okay. that would fit in the realm in a way. It is stand-up. public speaking, yeah, yeah, and in its, its own way. way. 
Yeah, well, when, once you can do stand up in front of a crowd, then you can you know, then public speaking is easy because you don't have to worry about having a laugh every twenty yes, seconds. Right, exactly. <laughs> Boy, that that's why it's that's why I admire anybody that can get up in front of a group at a comedy club who, of course, has been drinking, as opposed to a speech <laughs> where you maybe they're having lunch and they're talking among each other, but you can get their attention a lot easier than right. fifty drunks in the front row. Right. And, and in public speaking, if 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 they are not really into what you're saying, they're not going to yell, you suck! Yeah, exactly. You suck! <laughs> you're pretty safe. Exactly. There are no such things as hecklers in public speaking. <laughs> right. <laughs> do, you, do you have, speaking of that... Except for the State of the Union address. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of that, when you do perform, and I know you recently performed stand-up, do you have some lines ready for the potential heckler? Well, you know, there there are there are lines that that are have been in there after years and years of doing it, but usually I like to deal with the situation who the person is. You know, it's 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 so almost like a live roast if they're going right. to you know come at me, I'll see what uh, their weak spots are and uh just go after them and yeah, I mean, it, luckily it rarely happens where it's somebody really antagonistic. Usually it's just somebody a little too drunk, a little too happy, and you play around with them a little bit and they'll they'll calm down. My sense of you is that unlike uh, several of your compadres in the industry, or most of your mm -hmm. compadres in the industry, you always have struck me as a, I'm not going to say a gentle soul. It's not that so much as you're low-key in your mm -hmm. approach to humor and in performing. I mean, you're very funny, but it's not at a screaming level or a brash level, if, it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Have you, have you right. had that observation from other people? Well, it, it really depends on the on the situation I'm in because uh, you know I did a lot of friars roasts and uh, during those you really have to be kind of you know in your face right. and uh, so that was you know and that, it's fun it's fun to go in there knowing you're going to be Don Rickles yeah right. you know, this fat guy this ugly guy yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so that's fun so that's a whole different mindset and then when I was opening for Lisa you know her crowd really wanted hard hard hitting stuff you couldn't go to, what's the deal with the airplane peanuts you, you couldn't do that they would just you know they would just start yelling at you so you had to come out and you had to be you know kind of hardcore and that's fun but my normal stand-up is a little more laid back and a little more fun and i assume that part of your nature is that way so in other words you exaggerate yourself for the situations with roasts and working for lisa right Pinella, yeah well it's also you know the funny thing about uh, a performance uh, and even you know even podcasts or whatever is you can you bring out parts of yourself that you don't necessarily show in in real life you know if you if you did it you'd probably be arrested uh, <laughs> but, but you know you get to you know just like like Howard Stern, you know, uh, is a really nice guy. If you're talking to him, he's going to be polite and and attentive and and respectful. But once the once the microphone goes on, you know, he's going to go after anything that's going to make people laugh, and right. and so that's where he gets the, the whole shock jock thing from. Going to the podcast for a moment, the challenge I would think on a technical level with a podcast is. And I hate to hark back to history, but I will for just a moment. Uh, when the federal judge, I think it was Johnson, he, yes, ha ha, history. <laughs> yes, the new book by Mike Morris and others, Crumbs and Ron Bu and uh, uh, Joey Novick and uh, Neil Berliner, the brother of mm -hmm. Ich Benign Berliner, all of that stuff. Uh, when, when you're doing a, a podcast and there's more than one host or mm -hmm. even one host but several guests, 
going back to my, yes, your my uh, ha-ha history, is that mm-hmm. I believe it was a federal judge, Johnson, who outlawed Ma Bell. And at the time, you had what was called a monopoly and a duplex technology, which I could talk over you, you could talk over me as mm-hmm. in real life. Then right. cell phone, that was, that was then uh, broken up. Now we have the cell phone technology, which as good mm-hmm. as it is, there's a slight delay. So you really mm-hmm. can't talk over each other. And then the same situation technologically when you're doing podcasts, no matter what platform you're using, there's always that slight delay. So you're, mm-hmm. it's, how do you manage to work that so you're not stepping over someone else's line or even the guest's line? Or well, fortunately for, for our, our podcasts on the Shuley Network, uh, you know, especially the Uncle Rico show and the BS show, it's Shuley, Bob Levy, and myself. And I've, I've known Bob over 30 years. We kind of started in comedy together. And then we did Miserable Men on Sirius Radio, radio together for, you know, I think five years, six years, whatever it was. So we, we know how we, we work. So we, we know you can almost tell when somebody's going to say something. So you back off. And if they start, you know, if, if you start and they start, you, you kind of know you, it's, it's instinctive at this point where, you, where it's like playing on a team, you know, when your teammates going to be passing you the ball. But the only time that would be a challenge, I would think, is if you have a guest on the podcast and you're not sure of their rhythm. Right. Well, that's where you kind of sit back and, and just let, you know, Shuli is the host of the shows. So he, he, he's the band leader. So he will, ask the questions usually but if if we have a question we want to ask the, the person we know we can figure out when when to go in it's it's all you know it's all just practice so by the numbers how many podcasts are you doing each week and go ahead and share 642 your- <laughs> yes. it's uh and it's share amazing. the names of them too <laughs> <laughs> and how many yes, of them are have- in the haha history book too <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have a lot we have uh, we have the uncle rico show and the blunder years those are two that are and they're both dedicated to making fun of stuttering john from the howard stern show long story you don't have to listen to it but if you ever tune in and, and you'll 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 realize what we do uh, then there's the BS show, which is just the three of us just watching clips of weird stuff we found <laughs> on the internet and and making fun of it. Then there's the Miserable Men show, which is the three of us plus a couple other people who we try to get guests and and just talk about how miserable it is to be a man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then there's a few others. Uh, those those are the ones I'm involved with, and I'm working on one uh, that's going to be music based. Uh, that should be hopefully premiering soon. Yes, so, there were rumors uh, yeah, that so, you were going to have your own podcast on the Shuli Network. Yes, uh, it's if it all works out, it's going to be uh, it's going to be coming out. It's going to be called F That Tune, and we're going to have guests on, and they're going <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about these these songs that they hate. I know, love popular it. Popular <laughs> songs that they cannot stand to right. listen to, uh, and uh, so yeah, uh, it, it should be fun. Have you found that because you're doing so many of these podcasts that in the past, maybe you haven't had to be too technical, but now that you are doing so many that you are starting to get different equipment and doing certain things technically that you didn't do in the past? Oh, yeah. When we, when we started even doing this several years ago, just as a goof, during the pandemic, the three of us got together and just started doing a very low-res uh, low uh, interpretation of, of the old Miserable Men show. We would just get on Zoom and like this and just you know, uh, uh, fool around. And as it got bigger and bigger and better and better and, and the whole thing developed, now I have 
professional microphone <laughs> and uh, actually a professional camera and lights and the round lights and the side lights and I have a screen that I use for some of the shows with the you know the green screen so right. yeah all of a sudden it's like oh damn this is you know this is like this is like a job now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the advantage is and it started as you mentioned in the pandemic the advantage is you don't have to leave the place. Oh, it's great. Yeah. But it was fun. We did, we did, uh, last week, we did a convention, DabbleCon, up in Rochester, New York, where people from literally all over the country, hundreds of people came just uh, to ha- watch us do a podcast and a comedy show. Uh, and we, so it was the first time we've all three been in a room together since in 15, 13 years, something like that. Must that must have been something, just the fact that all three of you are together physically. It was fun. And not yeah, in a sexual great. way. I mean, just on stage. Well, no, well, no. Well, maybe that too, sexual. yes. Yeah, sexual. Yeah, well. <laughs> Bob Levy is a sexy beast. So. <laughs> Do you find it, was it different in the, from a technical standpoint? You're, you're interacting, so you're doing a stage show in a way. I know it's a mm-hmm. podcast and people are going to listen to it and watch it, but at the same time, you're performing to the audience as well. So do you find that's a different kind of approach or you're pretty much just doing it the same way? It, it was kind of the same, but it was fun hearing instant feedback where, you know, we, we don't, we, we see chats. We have the, the chat while we're doing the live podcast and people can type what they want and we can read what they're saying, but to actually hear laughter and people are yelling stuff out and ideas and yeah, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was our first time. We were a little nervous about how it was going to go and it went great. And we're going to be doing a lot more of them around the country. So if they go to Patreon, Shuli Network, they'll find you in all the shows. Yes. Okay, yes. good and, to know. Uh, they can subscribe. We do. We also have free ones on YouTube. Uh, just look for the Shuli Network on YouTube, and you'll find the free ones that we give out. And, uh, and join, uh, join the Dabbleverse. I have a philosophical question for you. I, I don't want to start off the show with it, but I think it's, it's a good one. Okay. And that is, especially given your background and currently mm-hmm. what you're doing with that, What's the name of that book again? It's uh, Ha Ha History, I believe. Ha Ha History. There it is, yes. Uh, why? <laughs> now, this is a cosmic question, but you can narrow it to uh, whatever level you wish to. Mm, why? Probably very low level. <laughs> why, is, why is humor important? I, I think it, it, it hmm, it's a good, very, very good question. I would say it's important because... I feel like I'm doing a book report, you know, that you don't prepare for. <laughs> humor is important because people need humor. If they don't have humor, then there will be no humor. <laughs> uh, completing the circle. I like it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is something that that everyone needs, and sometimes it is overlooked, and uh, that it, it's, a, it's a relief valve. And, uh, in fact, at, at the uh, convention this week, we got a, a beautiful email afterwards saying this uh, guy, his best friend had died of leukemia that week, and he was really down, and he thanked us for putting him in a better mood because he was there and got to experience the whole thing. And, you know, the, you, you get that sometimes when you're doing live comedy. It makes you feel really good. And uh, people just, you know, just need a, a chance to com- decompress and kind of laugh at 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 life and that's you know and hopefully they'll you know forget about their troubles for a while do you think and i'm going to give you the opposite question do you think that you can get to a point where there's too much humor and you therefore not you but people mm-hmm. are too much in the joke mode and therefore don't deal with a lot of problems that they would 
normally deal with because they deflect with their sense of humor about things? How's that for a philosophical question? That, yeah, but I think, well, people will find a way to deflect, whether it's humor True. or denial True. or murder or, any or, of those or things. drinking yeah. or, uh, or whatever. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of ways to not face situations. Right. And I think humor is a, a more of a healthier way than some of them. Yeah, more benign uh, in a sense. Yeah. Now, and here's a funny thing, and I, I just thought of this recently is, you know, I, I do, I play a little music and, uh, you know, I do some artwork. And when I do artwork, people, people say, oh my God, you know, that, the, those cartoons are great. I can't draw a straight line. They're like very eager to, to share with me that they can't do that. <laughs> if I'm playing guitar or singing, they're like, wow, that's great. I can't play anything. I can't sing a note. I, I, you know, I'm tone deaf. I've never heard anybody go after a uh, comedy show. I have no sense of humor. <laughs> but some people have no sense of humor, but nobody wants to admit it. All right. Of course. That's the yeah. worst thing you could say to somebody. You have no sense of humor. Right. right. But some that... people have no sense of humor. And I'm sure you've met them where they're like, I don't think that's funny. Why? Well, I have a good sense of humor, but no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> What's in the future for Mike Morse? Besides, of course, writing part two of what was that book oh. called? Oh, Ha Ha oh, History. That's ha, it. There ha, history it is. Ha, too. History. ha Ha More History. <laughs> uh, yes, we actually have a few more books in the works to do with this and uh, with different subjects of history. And we're just going to keep doing the podcast. We have a lot of I've a lot of live, live shows coming up, stand up shows. And uh, I don't know, I, tonight I'll probably go to sleep. <laughs> well, they could always find That's out your schedule and by going to your website, which I'll give again in just a second. Thank you. But it's interesting that some of what you do requires discipline, and yet you're used to it, such as writing each day for the high hmm. history book, looking under in the calendar, coming up with lines. And some of what you do, you do naturally, but it's part of the business, which is the podcast. Hmm. So right. it's an interesting mix that you have there. It's discipline, but also yeah. you balance it with spontaneity as well. But it's all discipline. I think, you know, first of all, you have to be there. If the podcast is at, you know, 9 a.m., you have to be there at 9 a.m. So there's, there's that. But isn't that easier, know? though, than driving down to the local studio to be there? You're, all you have to do is roll out of bed and walk five feet. To, right. Yeah. Right. But, but you know, still, sometimes you're like, oh, I got a headache or I, you know, right. I, I have a problem. There's something, you know, I've, I've, I have this to do or that to do. But while you're on camera, you have to go, all right, this is what I'm focusing on. It's all the discipline of finding the funding, what you're doing while the camera is on. Yeah. And that's a talent. Before I let you go, I'm going to see if I can get from you to name two of your favorite comedians, living or dead, that influenced you. Well, uh, or, or if they're two favorites or if they influenced you either way or both. Uh, well, I, well, the two that have probably influenced me the most, uh, George Carlin uh, was definitely the biggest influence because when I was a little kid, I remember asking my parents to get me their, uh, the Class Clown album, the one with the seven dirty words. And uh, I didn't tell them that was on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a minute. He influenced you for the dirty words and the drugs. Okay. And then the other. Yeah. Yeah. Is, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, but but, but it, you know that was a whole new world of you know because I loved comedy, I loved watching the Tonight Show, you know whoever was on the Tonight Show, and and but but then to hear that more sub subversive kind of stuff and and what you could do with language and what you could do with with comedy that was a big influence, and then a little later after that was Steve Martin where it was not just stand up it was you know uh, whatever he thought was funny he would bring into the mix music props. 
And, you know, that was, it really was like, wow, I've never seen anybody do that before. Well, that's a great way to leave it. And you answered my question. Hmm. My guest has been comedian Mike Morris. He's co-writer and co-illustrator of Ha Ha History. It's the first history book you'll want to read. It's available on Amazon. It's coming up again on screen. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. And for everything about Mike Morris, M-O-R-S-E, go to writefunny.net. And you can follow Mike on Instagram at InstaMikeMorris on Twitter at MikeMorrisSays. And his podcast on Patreon.com slash Network. And for those of you who don't know, it's S-H-U-L-I, the Shuli Network. And Mike, thanks for being on the show. Ira, thank you so much. I had a great time. Me too. And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.